0: Never ever embarrass Jar Jar Binks. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of All The Way through the podcast journey through the Louis Theroux back catalogue to work out if we love him as much as we thought we did. I, as always, am stupid Pommy Journo, Matthew Dunmiles, and over there flexing her biceps, it's Alex Watson. Hello, Alex.
1: Hello. I was wondering if you were going to call me a derogatory term used for Scottish people there, but you avoided that.
0: I am in some tight lycra that I will be selling for $500 later after I've had a workout.
1: And I'm wearing a camo outfit, which I've actually just reused from past episodes, but it will come into play later on in this episode. You probably won't be able to guess that the topic of this episode is bodybuilding.
0: In all its forms, I would say, but mainly in the extreme. This isn't just weightlifting for the sake of being fit. This is about competitive bodybuilding, performing in front of thousands of people while bronzed up
1: not your average gym bros these are people who are trying to look the most extreme that a body can look
0: yeah nuclear gym bros we start as we mean to go on louis topless in front of a man who is unimpressed with his physique
1: everyone always seems a bit perplexed as to why louis through became a weird nerdy sex symbol but re-watching these episodes i'm like oh no it's because he was topless almost all of the time
0: there was a lot of episodes where he's got his kit off
1: So, as always, we jump into a car with Louis Theroux and he explains that we're exploring the world of extreme bodybuilding. He wants to know how far they will go and also how far he will go because the aim of this episode of Weird Weekends is for Louis to figure out if he can become a bodybuilder.
0: This is Southern California, so you see shots of the Californian streets, but then also many shots of professional bodybuilders stressing their stuff, competing, pulling all the flexes while they are covered in huge amounts of tan. This is a big thing in the bodybuilding industry, and yes, Louis is essentially trying to be one of these. His guru throughout this episode is the one, the only Guy Grundy, introduced as the number two amateur in the world.
1: We don't talk about who the number one amateur is. We gloss over that.
0: I was going to Google it and have a look, but you know what? No, I live in Guy Grundy's world. I don't need to know who number one was at that time.
1: So Guy is Australian and Louis meets up with him on a photo shoot for Pump magazine. Could be any number of topics for that magazine, but it's a bodybuilding magazine
0: it's a plumbing magazine
1: <laughs> louis goes to meet guy on the set of this photo shoot which is outside in a sort of deserty quarry looking place and guy is topless of course when louis turns up i've written tiny sunglasses massive pecs
0: that's a fair summary of guy and Louis's first question to guy on meeting him is you look great can we admire your physique and guy's answer is of course that's why i do what i do
1: what would he have done if Guy had said no? Would he have just shut his eyes or like, put his hands over his eyes? or I
0: don't know. But there is a strange sort of lack of physical boundaries that there seems to be with bodybuilders in terms of how they're accepting of being touched or being kind of ogled, which maybe other people would find a bit curious. But I suppose that comes with the territory. He wants to be admired.
1: And admire him, Louis does. He gets Guy to flex his bicep and then has a little feel of it. Guy says that he is living life's dream. He's always wanted to come to America to get photographed. And the quote here is... Look at girls like this, (laughs) get to touch them and stuff. Referring to some female models that are on the shoot with him. Weird thing to say.
0: This shows that Guy is almost pure id. I've never seen a man who just speaks on instinct more than Guy. But I liked Louis' reaction was just a... Easy. And then... (laughs) they move on quickly from that subject but yeah i think this really does set the tone of where guy's headspace is at. a complicated man actually i feel like he could come across as just a total meathead but we get to know a bit more about guy and i think there are layers to that particular onion but louis wants to know whether he can also share in guy's dream and so he flexes his muscles for guy and guy's not too impressed i would say
1: but guy politely says that he sees potential in louis arm
0: We're down to business with Guy. Time to get ready for the shoot. And Guy is stripped off from his very little clothes that he had on already into a very miniature pair of underpants.
1: It's a thong, isn't it? It's a thong.
0: It is a thong. It's a kind of blue satin thong, I would say. Yep. Yeah. And Louis comments on Guy's tiny underwear, saying, oh, that's not very much underwear you're wearing. And Guy instantly leaps into... You mean I have a small penis? So clearly Guy was waiting for this line of attack. He says, people say that bodybuilders have small penises and jockeys have big penises. But Guy's theory is, it's all a question of scale. Jockeys, very small. Bodybuilders, slightly larger people.
1: All penises are standard size, right?
0: Yeah, standard issued.
1: And then everyone is just different heights and that's how it works.
0: Except for jockeys, they do have massive penises. (laughs)
1: After this outburst, Louis quietly points out that he didn't say anything about his penis.
0: Yeah, this was just a random thought from Guy's brain. But interestingly, an article from Men's Health titled, Will steroids shrink my balls? addresses this issue of why bodybuilders are associated with smaller penises. And it's actually not the penis itself, it's the testes that are likely to shrink. This is apparently because when bodybuilders are taking steroids, which is common in the industry, and we will touch upon this far more later, your testosterone levels skyrocket, which means that your body tries to counteract it by producing less testosterone itself, meaning tiny, tiny balls.
1: And of course, any watchers of teen rom-com 10 Things I Hate About You will already know this because there is a line in it where Julia Styles talks about how steroids severely disintegrate your package.
0: Oh god, yeah. I love that film.
1: They bounce back from the small, large penis conversation and they get down to business doing the photo shoot. It seems like it's a caveman theme or maybe like a jungle theme
0: yeah i'd say so he looks a bit fred flintstone in his outfit
1: and there's some girls who also have kind of flintstone outfits on one of them's been forced to lie down in a puddle
0: while guy is straddling this woman on the floor in a puddle louis takes the time to ask him if he likes people looking at him and the answer is a bit strange from guy guy says some are just in awe it's like seeing a one-legged person is something you're not accustomed to seeing guy almost sees it as being kind of abnormal more than he sees it as being particularly special
1: Louis asks Karen, who's one of the models on the shoot, if she finds Guy's physique more attractive than Louis'. He's like, are you attracted to big muscles or would you rather have, what does he say, a skinny, pale, slightly flabby journalist?
0: And he pinches his belly roll.
1: She says she prefers Guy's physique. Sorry, Louis. And then Guy tries to give Louis a nice consoling hug, which Louis's a bit resistant to, which is unlike him. Maybe Guy isn't old enough for Louis. Louis tends to like the older
0: man. That's very true. Fit bit of salt and pepper would have been different so they start talking about how guy got on this particular adventure in the first place and guy's response (laughs) is not rocket science guy started doing weights so he could get good looking women is how he puts it
1: i quite like that he's honest about it
0: yeah the body positive movement hasn't really got there yet has it
1: after this Louis tries to get karen on her own to again ask her were you being serious when you said you prefer guy's body over mine and she says yes I was.
0: And then Louis walks off slightly defeated.
1: I really feel like he's playing up to the silly Louis stuff here again. Like he obviously feels a bit freer in this episode than he has for a while.
0: He knows he can do good bits of comedy with this and he's very much enjoying that.
1: Louis and Guy get in the car together after they finish the photo shoot. And Louis turns to Guy and says, you must be fighting women off with a stick looking like that.
0: And Guy says, if I make it clear I'm available, then it's easier for me. The reason they're in the car is Louis is keen to go meet Guy's agent, the guy who gets him all the gigs, including the photo shoots with Pump Magazine, called Mark Mahalot, who describes himself as a flex broker, which is a great job title. Amazing. Brilliant work there. I've said that Mark looks a bit like Huey from The Fun Loving Criminals.
1: I said that Mark looks like Louis and Guy melted together and then put through an aging face app. <laughs>
0: But yeah, I think you're right. He's got a goatee. None of those two have a goatee. <laughs>
1: but they could if they were put through a face aging app.
0: Well, if that's going to be your answer to everything.
1: <laughs> I agree with you that there's something of the aging new metal star about Mark. He's got grey spiky hair, a goatee, terrible glasses.
0: He looks like he could be a Limp biscuit roadie.
1: Exactly. But apparently he is the guy to know in the bodybuilding industry. Louis asks Mark, what is it about Guy that makes you want to work with him? And Mark says that Guy's persona is what makes him such a good client because he's got the whole package, I guess. Louis then, in Mark's kitchen, whips off his t-shirt so Mark can assess him. Mark looks very worried at this point.
0: So Louis pulled his top off. He's sucked in his belly a little bit and he's tensing his biceps and Mark just looks on. There is no reaction on Mark's face at all.
1: Guy's managing to keep it together. Keeps a straight face.
0: And then Mark throws out the most uninspiring compliment I've ever heard, which is... If you worked out, you could definitely get some symmetry. What does it mean? There is no huge scars on your body that would make it look slightly different on one side to the other?
1: It looks like you have use of both limbs on either side of your body. (laughs) The big test in Mark's eyes is the legs. Louis and Guy need to compare legs. So Guy and Louis both whip off their trousers. Guy's still wearing a thong at this point by the way. I guess that must just be his underwear of choice.
0: Louis has to like take off his shoes undo his jeans get the belt off. Guy has just literally whipped off these tracksuit bombs like a stripper. It's incredible.
1: Mark goes on to explain in detail why Guy's legs are so good. You know when you see one of those butcher diagrams of cow and they like cut up the different bits of meat it's almost like that where he's just like pointing out the different bits of his legs and touching him and again it feels quite weird that he's just touching him
0: yeah he's kind of caressing him almost like he's a racehorse or something and just talking about particular areas of his body particularly his quads mark's very into guy's quads apparently his calves need a little bit of work and then we come to louis long pins which are now being assessed louis not sure if he even has quads mark says they're there but they're underdeveloped and he says you just have average regular person legs
1: Which is better than being told you have terrible, irregular
0: legs. exactly.
1: (laughs) Louis then sort of gestures at himself and says, is there a market for this? And Mark says, no.
0: He says not now. He's not ruling it out in the future, but we are 20 years gone and no, there is still not a market for that.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, I guess the dad bod came back, but I'm not sure Louis can even say he's got a dad bod. He puts his clothes on again at this point, I think. And they talk about work opportunities for bodybuilders. So Louis says, if I did get the body, what kind of work would there be for? me and mark says anything from cinema and tv to playgirl and muscle worship
0: and muscle worship becomes a big talking point here mark says muscle worship is a phenomenon where males and females enjoy the feel of muscles apparently it's also known as stenaglagnia terribly pronounced but this is listed in the encyclopedia of unusual sexual practices i didn't read the full edition
1: there is obviously a sexual undertone to a lot of this and we will talk about that but when Mark was pointing out Guy's muscles I didn't feel like he was doing it in a sexual way but that almost made it more strange and like clinical
0: There is this line between some people who obviously enjoy it as a feat or an achievement and I think that's often where the bodybuilders are with it and then there are some who are fans who see this as something which is kind of fetishized and definitely has a sexual undertone to it sometimes very glaringly obviously overturned as well. And we get into that conversation when Guy's on about how he's been offered over a thousand dollars from someone to feel his arm in a motel room.
1: Louis's surprised by this and Guy says that's just the beginning of it. Other bodybuilders that I know know gay fans who would pay to watch bodybuilders interact with each other, cuddling, kissing and more. The more you do, the more you get, he says. Which is kind of verging on sex work, isn't it?
0: Well, I think we'll get into this because there is a point later in a hotel, where is the line with that? But Louis, playing up his comedy foil, asked Guy if he'd be interested in running this service with him. They could go around cuddling each other. And Guy, in a very quick-witted moment, says, my career is going pretty well at the moment.
1: But maybe, just keep it on the back burner. Although his career is going pretty well at the moment, they then very quickly start talking about how he sells his used workout clothing to fans. And people will pay up to $500 a month for sweaty used workout clothing
0: this is one of the first points and this continues throughout where i thought the internet has just kind to of supercharged this i did a little bit of digging with incognito on and you can buy used sportswear for sale on specialist sites one in particular if you're interested is called kinky.co.uk and their description on the section of the site where you can buy this sportswear says they say that sport is the fire that feeds the soul we believe that wholeheartedly whether you're an elite at your craft or just a casual player sport has the ability to bring people together Nice, that may never cross paths in everyday life. We also believe that sport can be used to connect people, but in a very different way.
1: I'm just imagining being the copywriter that had to write
0: that. It's like 80% FIFA statement and then 20% kink website statement.
1: Good that it's UK based, though, because we won't have to pay excessive shipping fees.
0: British tracksuit bottoms for British people. That's what we need.
1: Louis then asks, does this include your underpants? And Guy says, yes. And he asks Mark, what could I get for my underpants? Guy says, well, Louis, you're well known in England, so you probably could sell your underpants. And Mark is so incredibly skeptical. He immediately is just like, are you? And Louis says, uh, pretty much. BBC Two.
0: ever the professional while he's asking if he can sell his underwear.
1: What's horrible is that people probably would buy his underwear now.
0: Well, on no, there is no specialist Louis Theroux section.
1: They then clarify that people do pay money for soiled underwear.
0: This is one of my favourite exchanges because Mark says it depends what gifts you give them within the underpants and Louis says does that mean you defecated in it? And Guy, just for clarification, says does that mean you go to the toilet in them?
1: It's just beautiful, isn't it? He then says yes, that and also the other thing that you can do in them
0: I very much enjoyed the dynamic between Guy, Mark and Louie
1: The next morning, time to try and build some muscle. Guy and Louis go shopping for supplements to speed up the process for Louis. And the thing that Guy recommends Louis buy is called an androbolic, which is a testosterone booster.
0: I thought there would be a breakdown of the particular drugs that people take, but this was not the time or the place. They decide on the testosterone booster, stick it on the counter, and then they're outside on a sunny street eating pancakes.
1: Yeah, they go and have a nice little breakfast together under a parasol. Over breakfast, they have a conversation where Louis is asking how Guy would feel if he looked like Louis did. And Guy said he wouldn't feel comfortable and he wouldn't want to take his shirt off if he looked like Louis. Louis looks pretty offended by this.
0: This is why I love Guy because there is some attempt at filter, but there's just not enough filter.
1: He puts his foot in it so many times like he keeps saying obviously you look great but if i looked like you i would hate it no but you look amazing but i really would be so upset if i looked like you
0: guy compares his body to a porsche and says he couldn't drive a lesser car then tries to backtrack and says but that's the way i view things and so louis with a mouth full of pancakes looks at guy and says if you're driving a porsche what am i driving and then answers himself by saying a mini but Guy, to his credit, says, with some racing stripes.
1: Which is quite sweet, really. Think how annoying it would be to go on a night out with Guy. The two of you are out on the pool and he's getting all the attention. And then he's just like, oh, but my mate's really nice as well. Look, oh, look how nice he is.
0: He's a mini with racing stripes.
1: Just fuck off, Guy.
0: Jesus. <laughs> so Louis
1: had some pancakes and he's making a big deal that he's going to take his testosterone boosters now. And he says to Guy, these are the closest legal thing to steroids. Also, Louis says steroids really annoyingly
0: steroids steroids
1: steroids so louis gonna take his steroids no they're not steroids he's gonna take his androbolics and he says if i just take these and do nothing how long will it take for the muscle to build and guy says no you have to train as well or you'll see no progress at all
0: even though that sounds like a really stupid question i feel like that at one point was the common misconception about steroids the idea that you could just take them and you would balloon into a muscle man or something
1: Louis then tries to take the cap off as testosterone boosting pills and cannot do it. He's probably hamming this up for the camera, but it's very funny.
0: Guy says, that's childproof. You've got to push it down and louis is grimacing away and guy literally takes it from him and opens it could have been pancake juice on his hands or something might have stopped him
1: i'm pretty sure guy says there you go buddy that was easy and then louis makes a really big deal about taking it as well he's like okay here we go and takes his little vitamin it's very
0: cute but then he's expecting an instant change he looks at guy and says do i look different he's clearly having a lot of fun with this episode at this point So then we move on from the very closest legal version of steroids to the conversation about steroids. And this is some of the worst (laughs) not wanting to incriminate myself language I have ever heard. So if you take steroids, would you inject them? Is what Louis asks. Guy says, if I was to use steroids, I'd be a very mild user. And then Guy's legalese at one point is, and I have once, would have, or if I have ever tried it, I would have tried it once to use a lot and didn't really notice a great deal of difference. Try and charge that, LAPD. You'll never catch this guy.
1: I mean, it gets better because then they're talking about women taking steroids. And Guy says, a lot of women take four to five times the amount I take. Louis says, would take. And Guy says, yeah, would take. (laughs) (laughs) and then louis just starts laughing
0: take him away boys i just
1: love the idea that they must have sat you know off camera and talked about like okay you're not going to incriminate yourself so here's how you should talk about it and then he just forgets it feels a bit i don't know a little bit immoral to show this footage
0: listen louis was an undercover cop that's the big reveal
1: louis looks like a cop (laughs)
0: they're ready to go. So they're walking through a car park and Louis is asking about the process of getting steroids. Guy says, if you were getting cocaine or heroin, where would you get it from? Louis says, uh, a drug dealer. And he says, exactly. And then there was a conversation about how a lot of steroids that people get are from veterinary practices. And Guy, again, using his best advice from a lawyer says, I could have taken stuff that was for sheep.
1: Or horses.
0: I was kind of interested in what is the value of this steroid industry. And according to QY Research, which is a market research company who's done a big study into this, the value of the steroid market, even with most of it being illegal, would be up to 17 billion US dollars by the end of 2025.
1: So that's probably come down since this documentary was filmed, right? Because I feel like steroids aren't as commonly used now as they were then.
0: Well, this is what I thought, but this seems to say the opposite. It says that at the moment it's reached 8.6 billion, and this is both anabolic steroids and also costocorazone, which is slightly different. But they said that together they are worth 8.6 billion, and this is going to continue to rise. Maybe it's because it's not talked about as much in the media, or you don't hear it with professional athletes or in particular fields anymore but it seems that it's moved from the highest level of athletes and it is kind of permeated into gyms and communities all around the world
1: so they get into guy's car with the top down he's got like a sweet sports car ride they're in LA aren't they
0: yeah this is Venice Beach California
1: it looks like an early thousands music video slash Grand Theft Auto at some point point. and they go to Gold's Gym which is world famous is this where Arnold Schwarzenegger used to train
0: it was where he trained it was featured in a documentary called Pumping Iron which was released in 1977 and this was the first time Arnie was ever on film and essentially spawned him as the star that he is I think everyone if you've ever ever gone to a gym has probably seen somebody in a gold's gym top at some point they are a huge brand now as
1: they get out of the car guy says you ready louis this is where you make it or you break it
0: can i just point out that we are now nearly a quarter way into the documentary and this is the first time anyone's going to do actual weightlifting.
1: there are a lot of people already working out inside the gym see footage of some very very muscly people and louis has got himself a training session with an ex marine drill sergeant who's called frank and he trains bodybuilders but also performance athletes and he himself trained as a boxer And then he says, we can do a bit of that if you want. And they have a very cute little back
0: and forth oh my god if i was told this man was an ex-marine and he looks like he could be an extra in goodfellas a bold kind of tough new yorker looking guy who's in good shape and then louis instantly like shadow boxes at him and i've just wrote for the love of god louis this man is an ex-marine he'd probably chop your arm off if you went too close
1: i actually think frank is one of my favorite people in this episode because i think i expected him to be like one of the scary wrestling coaches and then he was just really sweet
0: frank is the greatest man in this documentary i absolutely adore frank
1: so he says he's got to be honest he can tell that louis isn't a bodybuilder already so he's observant but then he sort of says actually you know bodybuilders don't live the most healthy lifestyles they cut out carbs to make their diet have more protein i suppose and he says they've got no strength in their core louis immediately then says so what you're saying is bodybuilders are wimps they are wimpoters and frank says well i wouldn't say that to one of them
0: And then we cut to the training montage we've all wanted to see, which is Louis pumping iron with Frank helping him out. He's grimacing again, making lots of noises as he lifts some dumbbells and pulls down some weights. He's pointing out that veins are popping out in his arms, which is very sweet. Look, dad. And there is an absolutely hilarious exchange where Louis is pulling down a weight and he shouts, what's happening to me? And Frank, in all seriousness, says, you're turning into a machine.
1: While they're still doing that, Louis says, I can't stop. And Frank has to physically stop him and say, no, you need to save yourself for the next exercise now.
0: He's also started referring to Louis as Big Lou
1: then louis lifting a big weight above his head and he starts to struggle he immediately says i've got nothing left i need help and he has to get frank to come and help him but frank kind of makes him wait just for an extra second and louis says oh you kind of left me hanging there and frank says i think it's important that you need to feel that
0: he's gotta feel the burn how's he ever gonna get better if he's not broken himself down they're talking about his potential and where louis could go next and whether he could be in a competition how long would it take him to get competition ready frank says if you do everything wrong." we could have you ready for a competition in a year and he states that this would be for a natural show and this is a term that we hear a few times over it means that the implication is you've taken no steroids or any kind of drugs to improve your performance or physique and louis asks does that imply that shows that are not called natural shows are allowing people to take drugs and frank says it could be assumed maybe that this is the case
1: so Louie's about to go and do a leg workout with Guy because bros don't let bros skip leg day. And he asks Frank for any advice on doing legs. I thought this was really sweet that Frank says, don't do more than three sets of 10 or you won't be able to walk. Three sets of 10 isn't actually that much, is it really, when you think about it? So they're going to be doing some heavy weights, I guess.
0: He's breaking him in easy. He's looking after him. And then they say goodbye. Frank goes off with a marine salute and disappears. But if you want more, Frank, and I think I do. I do. It's good to know that Frank, following this documentary, started acting in 2002. No way! (laughs) Yeah, he gets into films and his biggest role was in Alpha Dog, the Justin Timberlake film.
1: I haven't heard of that film.
0: It's his biggest role. He's also done something with Denzel Washington, so...
1: What kind of roles does he play?
0: I think generally kind of goony gangster roles. I wouldn't want to typecast Frank, he might have done a lot more. He could have played Winston Churchill for all I know, but it seems to be mainly gangster films. Frank, if you're out there, we salute you.
1: I would go and do weight training with Frank. And that's saying something because I could not be paid to go and do weight training.
0: He'd leave you hanging though. And he'd call you Big Al.
1: So Louis, I guess he's got some time between now and his workout session with Guy. So he's just sort of hanging around the gym. Generally, I would say to men to not do that. But Louis is just hanging around watching everybody work out. And he's looking at a guy who is quite big. He looks very natural, but he's quite a big guy who's doing some leg workouts and he's really struggling through it. Louis starts chatting to him and the guy says that he wants to compete in a bodybuilding competition next year. He's over 40 and he wants to do a drug-free competition. He just overtly says that out loud. I've written that I got big Matthew McConaughey vibes from this guy.
0: Excellent shout. That is perfect. casting. So Louis asks him about drugs and whether he would ever consider drugs or why he wouldn't do drugs. And this man, who is unnamed, but we will now refer to as Matthew McConaughey, says, I'm a real anti-drugs person. I see these guys dying at 30. And Louis is kind of not surprised, but he's asking why. And he says, heart problems from steroids, but no one will admit it. And this is the first time we've kind of seen a little taste of the dark side of what the bodybuilding can get to. It's been touched upon before. We've talked about steroids, but not the negative effects of steroids. And from studies, this guy isn't incorrect there's a study from the American Urological Association from 2016 that says bodybuilders have a mortality rate 34% higher than that of age match US male population. So they do run a risk with this lifestyle. They say the cause is unclear, but the mortality rate supports the possibility that use of performance enhancing drugs and unique competitive training may contribute to their death.
1: It's almost like a bit of a chilling moment that really, even though it's so brief. And then Guy turns up in a nice stripy top, which I was a big fan fan of and is just kind of his usual friendly self. They then start to do their leg workout. Guy goes first and then Louis goes second with Guy sort of training him and Louis decides that this is the point where he wants to talk to Guy about the steroid use and steroid deaths. I maybe wouldn't have done it when they were in the middle of this potentially dangerous workout guy gets very defensive straight away he says there are negatives to the sport but people just want to put you down and they'll always immediately jump to steroid use and criticize you and assume that you're doing steroids when you maybe aren't he basically says it's people who have no idea about bodybuilding
0: guy's kind of conflicted on this and his messaging isn't really clear at one point he says it's bullshit who is this guy he's no one louis asks him is it true about the deaths it's not true he looks away as he says it and shakes his head but then like you said He says, I understand there are negatives. I'm not telling anyone else to do it. I accept all the risks and dangers that could happen, but then is, again, not really willing to admit that there are these health concerns that are possible.
1: And this is the moment where Guy says to Louis... you imagine every minute of your life someone saying are you a stupid journal you're a stupid pommy journal sooner or later you're gonna want to slap someone
0: i imagine that's not the first time someone's littered that at that louis
1: i feel like you don't hear pommy very often is that a thing that australians say
0: i was thinking that i think an american would have called him a stupid limey journal maybe different fruit for different consonants you know
1: Guy gets very annoyed and animated but he says several times "You know, I'm not annoyed at you it's just that you get asked these same questions all the time and so they kind of make up in that begrudging way and they leave the gym and then outside on the pavement Louis still obviously trying to sort of make peace a little bit and he says look I just want to know the motivation behind you doing this it's not that I'm trying to criticise you or judge you for it and Guy just says that he's very content and happy in what he does
0: he says sometimes you don't want to be thought of as just the bodybuilder you want to be thought of as Guy the normal person So clearly he's asking for some empathy from Louis here. But he was right to ask the question, right? He had to ask those questions.
1: I think so, yeah. Because even the way that Guy says, oh, well, I accept the risks and I'm not telling anyone else to do it, that shows that he knows there are risks. So he's then trying to brush it under the rug and say, no, it's fine. It's safe. It's obviously not if you're then saying there are risks.
0: I mean, he's talking about if I may have taken stuff that was given to sheep. If he's willing to brag about that, then he has to take the other side, which is discussing the negatives, surely.
1: It's almost certainly true that part of the reason he gets defensive about it is because if people have died, then he could die too. (laughs) So there will be a part of you, no matter how confident you are, that'll be worried that that's going to happen. They've kind of made peace and they shake hands. Guy still seems a little bit off. And he says, I shall drive home safely. A bit weird.
0: Well, Louis is an expert driver. We know this.
1: Yeah. And in the next scene, Louis is driving back in his natural habitat. He says in the narration that he's discouraged by the risks involved in bodybuilding, but he wants to explore a different avenue, even more of a subculture within a subculture, he says. So he's going to meet up with some female bodybuilders and he actually ends up going to a muscle worship video shoot at the home of a guy called Mr. Charles Peoples, who is quite the character.
0: What a man. <laughs> Who's playing Charles Peoples? I'd say maybe Kevin Bacon. Yeah. (laughs) Souped up Kevin Bacon.
1: Yeah, younger Kevin Bacon, like Tremors era.
0: Charles has this huge estate out in what seems like the countryside of California. A massive property, which he says is the family estate and admits that sounds quite posh.
1: It's 65 acres with woods and fields.
0: He has this weird kind of calming, soothing voice, but is really clearly standoffish. It's a very weird combination.
1: He's relatively young. I'd say he's in his late 30s, early 40s. And he says that he always hosts photo shoots and events and video shoots to promote muscular women.
0: Louis asks if Charles is getting paid for this and he says he's not which makes you wonder what other advantages Charles is getting out of this particular arrangement.
1: They kind of have a look around the estate and then they go inside the house and Charles's living room is just a massive gym full of weights and workout equipment. We meet a woman called Tatiana who's in the gym working out. She's very muscular, wearing a sparkly two-piece outfit. I liked it. I thought it was nice. And they kind of make a big deal that she's tall. She's nearly as tall as Louis and she stands up to stand next to him and measure and then she gives him a nice hug and she seems really nice and friendly Charles is just there in the background while Louis and Tatiana are talking to each other.
0: Yeah, slightly gawping at them both.
1: This becomes a theme with Charles.
0: It very much does. So Louis asks Charles if he goes out with bodybuilding women and Charles says, I'm friends with many bodybuilding women.
1: Which is somehow creepier than just saying, yes, I fancy bodybuilding women.
0: And then Charles goes on to spell out his population theory problem. He says that women bodybuilders have no trouble finding male companions. The trouble is there aren't enough muscly women to go around around for the men who find them desirable so for every one tatiana there are six charleses
1: a terrifying thought
0: louis jokes yeah there's not enough to go around because you're hogging them all and then charles hits back and says one mission in my life i've always stated is that there aren't enough muscular women in the world and i would like to be uh, responsible for helping contribute to the increase of their number
1: oh it's very odd
0: yeah but never mind that he's very sweaty right now
1: I did want to say that he's wearing like a sort of black ribbed sweater and yet he's he's visibly sweating
0: he's perspiring a lot so he goes to get changed into something more comfortable cut to the next scene and for some reason Charles is now dressed like 90s Kylie Minogue (laughs) He's got the tiniest, tiniest little denim shorts on and a khaki shirt that is very high up on the sleeves as well, rolled up to show off his physique.
1: Clearly Charles is a never nude. <laughs> that's all. And we're not going to shame anyone for that.
0: Those shorts are Tobias Funke shorts.
1: They're insane. How warm is it that that's what he's wearing? And before this, he was wearing a woolly jumper. What is going on?
0: A man can't regulate temperature.
1: He's got this outfit on to go and observe the shooting of this film that's happening on the grounds of his estate. So him and Louis go outside to watch this. The first scene is a kill scene. A very muscly woman grabs a man, pulls him down into the long grass and then the director shouts cut. It's not the first time in a Louis Theroux documentary where we've been observing some kind of film shoot and It doesn't seem like it's very professional because everyone just seems to be using like Sony camcorders that your mum used to film your school play.
0: Yeah, Charles lives in Wayne Manor and I assumed that all his technology would be like really up to date, but it is just school plays sort of stuff.
1: But, you know, they're really going for it with all the acting. Everyone seems to be putting their all into it. Watching from afar, it cuts to Louis and Charles, and Louis says, it's good to look at muscles." Charles agrees, and he says, the world just hasn't seen muscly women the way they should be seen.
0: He looks on, and he says, someday the rest of the world will wake up to this. Like he's looking at Jurassic Park. It's a very weird sequence.
1: He's so passionate about this. In the way that people are passionate about things like climate change, or a political cause, it's like really important and i'm not saying that muscly women being admired isn't important but it's as your life's work
0: (laughs) he later describes himself as an activist and he really really is an activist for this cause but for what again it is so bizarre so then we go to another scene where a muscular woman she's in an army outfit and she is again killing an enemy troop i suppose is the idea and so he is being pinned down to the floor and then she is strangling him to death and he kind of grunts his way through this scene Charles wishes he was down being strangled to death and so does his audience I'm assuming
1: he said he wouldn't have a problem with it so there's a few women who are appearing in this film and they don't all get named but we go and not even speak to just look at this woman called Stacy who's a very muscular woman she's kind of just standing posing I assume she's being filmed and Charles is talking about how the female body is about curves and the mainstream wants women to be stick figures and wants them to be a straight line and that's not how he thinks women should be they should be muscly and they should have curves. Charles says that he prefers Stacey's look to mainstream sex symbols of the day. So they mention Claudia Schiffer, Pamela Anderson
0: Cindy Crawford.
1: I think that gives you a good idea of what era we're at and what issues of Playboy probably looked like at that point. Louis says he doesn't personally get it.
0: Charles says, I would stack up Stacy against any of those women and they have no chance in terms of desirability in comparison. And Louis says, in a deep way, it doesn't float my boat.
1: But Charles says that Louis just been brainwashed by the mainstream and he'll figure it out and he'll understand that muscly women are more attractive
0: the mainstream media suppressing muscular women with the government why what's the real reason
1: it's got to stop
0: are they worried about an uprising i'm not sure
1: well if you watch the next scene you realize what they're worried about is women hanging from trees and strangling men with their legs Which is what happens in the next death scene.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Which is a scene I think is also used in Golden Eye, the James Bond film. Pierce Brosnan is strangled by a woman with her legs.
1: That predates that, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, it does. Wow. Maybe there was similar times, actually they film the scene Charles looks like he can barely stand up having watched this and he says for my audience that's probably one of the most erotic scenes you can imagine Louis asks are people enjoying this purely for the aesthetics or are they enjoying it with a box of Kleenex
1: and Charles laughs in a really horrible way and is like yeah yeah you're probably right
0: but now it's Louis's turn
1: Louis gets cast how many films of a questionable erotic nature has Louis threw in
0: well this is his second he's definitely been an asexual mounty. I'd
1: say he's more involved in than. This one that he was as the mountie
0: less lines but definitely more of a presence
1: he's got a costume which is similar to what i'm wearing just now some camo trousers and some boots when they're preparing to start filming louis asks the female actor who's appearing if she'll hurt him she says no we're just acting and then he kind of does a little bit where he teases her saying that she's hurt the other guys that they were filming with earlier
0: this was funny he goes oh because the guy with the legs around his neck was he hurt Didn't
1: you hear about him? Oh,
0: shut up. They have a little flirty push.
1: They practice his scene and he's going to end up getting squashed around a tree.
0: Yeah, she kind of springs out of the bushes. They fight with a big stick. Louis is then pushed against a tree. And then she bear hugs him with her arms and her legs around this tree. And the idea is he is squeezed to death.
1: It's not a very efficient way to kill someone.
0: No, but you know, for the audience in question, this is the best way that he could have been killed.
1: Well, as they're practicing, Louis says to Charles, who again is just hovering and watching, oh, you must be really jealous of me right now, Charles. And Charles says, don't worry, I've got my session coming up. This session
0: They get to action, Louis scene, and he gives it everything. He
1: really does. Oh my god.
0: He's being pinned against a tree and he is screaming his last breaths as he dies and then collapses on the floor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And the director slash cameraman says, you really gave it
0: 110%. Even Charles says, that was a Kleenex moment, I guess.
1: Louis says, it's a bit odd to be a figure in one of your fantasies, Charles.
0: At this point, I just wrote, good lord. They're kind of saying goodbye after Charles has explained that we're equating killing to sex and lovemaking if you didn't get the metaphor. It's kind of really subtle. You don't really notice it. And so then they walk to the front of Charles's massive estate and he asks if Louis's perspective has changed. and He says it has. And then he says, you won't speak ill of female muscle anymore. You can tell people about it. That female muscle isn't as abhorrent as they thought. Again, his mission statement. He is doing his activist work.
1: And Louis now got to go and inform seven of his friends. It's like one of those chain letters.
0: Louis has to put on his own tiny denim shorts and go tell the world. Obviously, we all want to know what happens to Charles Peoples.
1: I absolutely want to know what happened to Charles Peoples.
0: He's a difficult man to track down. But I can tell you that in 2002, there is an article in a publication called Iron Man magazine, which has kind of like a rumor mill column. And Peoples is rumored to be trying to start a female bodybuilders union with one of its biggest stars, apparently. But he's denying that he was ever involved in this. Through this, I found that he ran a website called thevalkyries.com, which is still up online, but very much up online in the way that... Have you ever seen the Space Jam website that's still going and it hasn't changed? It's like that. (laughs) But what gets better is, through this, there is a YouTube channel and Charles has put together original songs and music videos.
1: No... (laughs) No. Yeah. What kind of songs and music videos?
0: Well, one of them is kind of a spoof James Bond theme called Miss Wunderlick is back.
1: Miss what?
0: <laughs> Wunderlick.
1: Oh god.
0: these are as far as i can tell original recordings by charles as in he's wrote these and then he gets women to sing them and he puts together music videos bizarre (laughs) and unsurprisingly the camera quality is fucking atrocious
1: Louis says that he started to see the appeal of a powerful woman. So he decides that he's going to go to a private session with Tatiana, who he met earlier at Charles's house. And she's got a meeting set up with a fan to arm wrestle with them in a hotel room.
0: Again, this is something where I wrote, there is absolutely no way this hasn't been supercharged by the internet.
1: You're absolutely right. They don't specify that it's arm wrestling until they meet up. Louis just says she's going to wrestle with someone. And then when they meet up, Tatiana says, yeah, I'm going to arm wrestle with a guy. And immediately I was like, okay, that makes me less wary of this situation because it seems less sexual to just arm wrestle with someone. And she says that she gets paid $300 to arm wrestle with someone for an hour.
0: How can you arm wrestle someone for an hour? I don't think I've arm wrestled anyone in God knows how long, but I don't think I ever did it more than once at a time.
1: She says that it's not always arm wrestling. Other guys like different things. She did specify it's always guys and they like to see you posing like you would at a competition but they like to see it up close and in different clothes. So she says sometimes Sometimes she'll wear dresses, sometimes she'll wear bikinis, sometimes she'll wear underwear. It's just whatever they like.
0: And all this while they're approaching the lobby of the hotel. And at this point, Louis, in his classic stage whisper, says, Can we talk about what you're doing here? And Tatiana says, No. But surely there is nothing illegal about arm wrestling with someone for money? No,
1: there isn't. But I think maybe it's just the perception to hire a hotel room for an hour has a lot attached to it, right?
0: Yeah, it's exactly that. She's in a community. She probably goes to that hotel quite a lot. She doesn't want to spell out her business. And why should she? She doesn't have to.
1: So they get the hotel room key and they go into the room. Louis asks, why do bodybuilders do private sessions? And Tatiana explains it's for money. They don't make a lot of money out of doing the shows, even though that's the main focus. Louis says, you know, this is no judgment on you, but it does feel a little bit seedy. And she kind of seems like she agrees, but she says it's the same as anything. There's a good side and a bad side. And she says she thinks part of it is society that a lot of men like muscular women but they feel like they can't express it so they have to do this sort of secret transaction thing which does feel a bit seedy and it must feel super seedy for the guy who is meant to come and arm wrestle with her because i think she must have run past him that there were going to be cameras there and
0: he doesn't turn up he didn't want to be filmed arm wrestling tatiana she's understandable i suppose Would have been interesting to see them. I suppose we kind of see the fans of these people later on, but to see someone who would have literally paid $300 to arm wrestle Tatiana would have been an interesting insight. But that just means more time for Louis and Tatiana to act out what would happen if he had paid for the session. They get straight into some arm wrestling.
1: Louis does some really good straining.
0: He strains away, pushing against Tatiana, and she says, this is usually where I start trash talking.
2: Oh my gosh, is that all you got? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, stick boy, you can do it. Take me down, I'm a girl. I'm just a little witty girl.
1: It's quite satisfying to watch, isn't it? Because Louis is really putting it on and then she's just sat there like, is this it? And then obviously Louis doesn't win the arm wrestle and gives up. Tatiana says, oh, this is the bit where I'd hold your hand and say, oh, you nearly had me there. You did a really good job.
0: This is where the lines kind of blur because then he's like, but how actually did I do? And she goes, no, you were pretty good. And he's like, are you doing the bit now? Or did I actually do well? And it kind of gets a bit confusing.
1: I feel like it's fairly obvious that she wasn't even breaking a sweat. Louis says well we've still got 40 minutes left of the hour session so what should we do and they just like mess around in the hotel room she lifts him up like a giant baby, which looks quite enjoyable.
0: First she kind of fireman carries him over her shoulders. Then she cradles him like a giant baby. Then Louis is determined to do the same to her.
1: Because he asks, do they lift you up, the men, normally? And she says, well, normally they're quite small, so they can't. And then obviously he gets that in his head, like, okay, well, I have to do it now. The only way he manages to do it is, again, lifting her like a giant baby.
0: I see a romantic spin-off coming.
1: It feels a bit like, you know, when you go on holiday and it's bad weather and you're like trapped inside in a hotel room or a car. Caravan or something and you and your siblings or cousins are just like okay how are we going to entertain ourselves we have nothing here and you just lift each other up for fun
0: my cousin nearly broke my back doing this so <laughs> yeah, i know that feeling well Speaking of backs, this is another thing. She then stands on his back and then they kind of relax on the bed.
1: They bounce around the bed a bit. And then Louis immediately says, it feels like there's an erotic element to this.
0: And Tatiana says, you have to know how far to take it. The sexual element of that scene does exist, but it's not where she is. And she talks about how for her, it's just nice because even if she's not sexually attracted to the men, the fact that they even think of her in that way, she describes it being neat.
1: She says that the way she combats any unwanted behaviour is she's just very nice and clean. She probably plays a little bit naive, I think, which seems to work for her. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because she is massively strong and it sounds like all these guys are pretty small men. So she has the position of power, I suppose as they leave louis says that after this he can kind of see the appeal and he says oh thank you for showing me what it's like he says it's so unusual to be thoroughly dominated by a woman
0: i was getting big dean Pelton vibes from community Mm. this better not awaken anything in me tatiana is still going and still bodybuilding she has a profile on instagram on facebook and she still posts quite regularly and still seems to be in great shape so yeah more power to her she's obviously found something that she loves doing
1: she says in the episode that she's quite new to the scene so she's maybe quite young in the episode she's probably not quite young now
0: no she will have aged
1: she is not a time traveler
0: Although not mastering time travel, Tatiana Butler has at least mastered Zoom. I caught up with the bodybuilder model and all-round entrepreneur about her journey into bodybuilding, arm wrestling with Louis, and her biggest realizations in the last two decades. What was your initial journey into bodybuilding?
2: I actually was super skinny my whole life. I went to Spelman College and I used to do runway for Verona Brothers and things like that. And what happened was once that time passed, I noticed that as most girls do, like my body started changing, you know, I started to get, hips or what I thought were hips (laughs) and all that jazz. So I was in Manhattan and I was training, but I was training like two, three hours a day. And there was this guy, he came up to me and he was like, you know, you're doing it all wrong. So I was like, how dare you? He's like, well, my wife, she's a pro bodybuilder. And he was like, you have the frame for this. And I was like, get out of here. I'm an actress. I do, you know, modeling, things like that. I don't think that's for me. I met him again the next day. He pulled out a magazine with Linda Murray on the cover. And he was like, that could be you. So the model in me was like, oh, cover? But I also fell in love with the mixture of femininity, beautiful, real, huge muscle bellies and glamour. And once he said that and he said I could have that, I was like, and that's what I want.
0: Where we first meet you in this documentary, you are behind the scenes of a film shoot with Mr. Charles Peoples.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, my gosh.
0: What are your memories? Did you make movies with him in the end?
2: Well, no, we did Gladiatrix and I think we did something for Women's Muscle. It was like a muscle magazine. Every now and then I'll talk to him, but I never had a chance to go back.
0: Is he still in the scene? Yeah,
2: like I still see him like on Facebook and things like that. So It seems like he's still very much in the scene.
0: This is the year 2000 when we're seeing you or kind of late 1999. What's the biggest thing you've learned since then? The
2: biggest thing I've learned is it's what you do, not who you are. And that's the hardest lesson that I had to learn. I kind of rose to the top pretty fast. And once you get to a certain level, you start to think that what you do is equivalent to who you are. And it's not, it's really not. You have to fight really hard to make sure that you carve out who Tatiana is, who Tatiana the bodybuilder is versus who Tatiana the person is versus who Tatiana the model is. And the other biggest thing that's probably on the same lines, going in, you have to search yourself and figure out why you're doing it. Are you entering a contest because you just want to win a trophy? Are you entering a contest because you want to beat a certain person? Are you entering a contest because you want to do business? Are you entering a contest because you just want to look good? You have to know why. If you don't know why, it's easy to be eaten up by the sharks.
0: We see you meeting a client for a private arm wrestling session. Is this something you still offer?
2: I'm a Gemini and my patience is short and I always have two or three businesses going. So I'll dip in and then I'll back out. I'll dip in for a couple of years and then I'll stop. And the business has changed so much and so drastically. I think I'm blessed to say, I don't tour like I used to, thank God, I don't have to. But if I'm going to a specific place and I get the bee in my bonnet, I'll go ahead and I'll post for that, like make a last minute post and I'll have fun with it. And it's it's really great to be able to make a cute coin and have fun. You know what I mean? And not have to worry so much because it's changed. It's changed a lot. Whereas we were little diamonds, everybody's doing it now and their interpretation of it is vastly different from what the Pioneer Girls did. It's vastly different.
0: You had to telephone him to check that he was coming. And I was just thinking watching this, oh my God, the internet will have completely changed how this is all done, I'm sure.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it totally has changed it. Now I don't even step my big toe out the door unless everything is set up. There's paycheck systems, there's deposits, there's all these things and all these checks and balances.
0: What are your memories of filming with Louis? Do you remember that day?
2: I remember everything. I remember the blue dress that I wore. I remember the arm wrestling in the room. I remember his glasses. I remember everything. It was so much fun. It really was. And it's so funny because I easily did it then. With another person, that could have turned out a very different way. You know what I'm saying? So I was really, really blessed. I can't imagine myself doing that interview now. And I'm so glad that I got a chance to do it. It was a nice, clean, fresh look into something that's I hate to call it a fetish because fetish to me means seedy and underground but something that was alternative fun
0: do you think that's where that particular industry has moved in the time since then is this what you're kind of keen to stay a little bit reserved from
2: yep yep absolutely don't get me wrong no shade no palm trees anyone that's doing it's great there are just certain things that I like I've always been raised and blessed to know that I don't have to do anything I don't want to do I love lifts and carries. I like arm wrestling. There's certain things I like doing. I like still even not being a super heavyweight bodybuilder, still being stronger than 80% of the guys that I meet. It's fun to me. I think then I described it as one day is Walt Disney, one day is triple X. I don't have to go anywhere near the side and I still make money and the guys still love it and they have the most fun ever. I keep them laughing. So it works. You're blushing. I love this. This is everything.
0: (laughs) I've forgotten my next question now. The bodybuilding scene, do you think it's in a better or worse place now than it was two decades ago?
2: I'm going back into it probably in about a year. I think outside looking in, because I'm not on stage, I've been on stage in a while, it has changed, it is more cookie cutter. Whereas there was individuality, there was something new and fresh and exciting. It kind of seems like, kind of like a puppy mill. There's a lot of shows, there's a lot of ladies, there's a lot of guys, and it seems like they just push them through, push them through, push them through. I'm not seeing a lot of nurturing. And I think that back in my day, we really were nurtured. We really did have people that said, okay, this is what you need to work on. And you know, and, and, and your shoulders need to be more rounded, but you don't need to have huge sweeps of legs they assessed us not once, not twice, but hundreds of times as we went through our journey and they prided themselves on teaching. And we prided ourselves on learning, not just one aspect, but every aspect. Of what I am noticing, I'm probably gonna get myself in trouble, but who cares? I'm wrong. I'm noticing, a lot more, they call it supplements, but heavier use of steroids. I can't call it a supplement because a supplement is something you use once you get to a certain point in your regimen. I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing tiny girls being put on winstrol, being put on harsh things and just not ruining their body, but taking their body to a level that need not be if they just took their time and trained a little harder.
0: One of the things you said is that the money in these competitions isn't particularly great. What is the draw then?
2: For everyone, the draw is going to be different. I think that's the key. The fact that the money is not there is another reason why we see such a surge in the session work, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's always been around, not a big deal, but there's a huge surge in it because things are freaking expensive. They just are. And we don't get the money that we deserve. There was like several years where we didn't even have a Miss Olympia at the Olympia. It wasn't even there. They took it away. Thank God now it's back. But it's rarely female friendly. I do think that things are changing in that respect and hats off to the promoters, hats off to Steve, hats off to all the guys in charge that are actually taking notice and making that change.
0: In the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement, we've seen lots of conversations in the US and the UK about industries looking at their levels of inequality when it comes to issues with race. Did the female bodybuilding movement have that moment or does it still need to have that moment? Or is this not something you think directly applies to them?
2: It applies in all areas of life, unfortunately. You can't deny a beautiful figure is a beautiful figure is a beautiful figure. On stage, we fight for it and we don't have a choice. We make it so they don't have a choice that we get or just do. But if you talk about the other side of it where it's advertising, sponsorships and things like that, that's where it gets a little dicey, I believe. It's just what I've experienced and it's just what I see. Do I think it's getting better? It's getting better because a lot of us are now paving our own way and we have our own businesses and everything needs to be inclusive. But we're to make sure that, yeah, I shine the light on my sisters. It just has to be done. I think it's our job to make that happen because if we leave it to someone else, we're leaving our future in someone else's hands and that just doesn't always work that's just a fact
1: i love this <laughs> Louis says you know what this whole bodybuilding thing i've got real potential as a fan
0: but if you were going to be a fan this is where you need to be because it is the jan tanner classic which we are told is the event of female bodybuilding Would you like to know what Jantana is? We meet her. We do meet Jantana, but also Jantana is not just a woman, it is a product. The number one supplier of airbrush spray tanning to professional bodybuilders and fitness models.
1: Now that's quite a smart name when you think about it.
0: Exactly.
1: You'd be shocked to hear that it was Charles that invited Louis to this event, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And here he is setting up his stall, still in his never nude shorts. Louis asks what do you do with your stall like what are you selling and Charles says we've got some t-shirts and things like that but I don't want us to be thought of as a business with a product I think of myself more as an activist for female muscle
0: I can't work Charles out even slightly but then Charles kind of gets into laying down the rules of this female muscle worship and he says for me never ever embarrass the people that you are admiring Charles says other fans do do this they're kind of fawning or embarrassing themselves in front of these women
1: what's the measure of embarrassing someone some of Charles's behaviour could be construed as quite embarrassing
0: yeah do it classy like Charles and do a t-shirt of them and wear some <laughs> never in <even> short. <laughs>
1: louis says he wants to meet some other fans other than charles and he asks where he should go and charles says you should go to the lobby of the hotel where the athletes are staying that's where the fans will gather to try and meet them in the hallway so louis goes there and there are a couple of guys already waiting we speak to one of them very briefly who has a kind of like mullet situation going on
0: he says muscle women are awesome and louis doesn't hear him so he repeats it muscle women are awesome and then louis says is that why you're here and he says i like it a lot that's why i'm here
1: So that's the caliber. That's the starting off point. Then we meet a guy called Mark curly hair, big glasses. He looks like he's been cast in a film as a sort of typical nerdy man.
0: But almost at the point where he could be like a South by Southwest hipster.
1: I was about to say he could be in a band for sure, but he's not. He, in fact, takes photographs of the women who are competing in the bodybuilding competitions while they're on stage. And he also likes to get photos with them at conventions like this one. He has quite a few photos with him that he shows Louis, shows them his favourite bodybuilders. And I think Louis sort of says, why do you like them so much? And Mark says, I think they look like goddesses. The combination of beauty and strength is just thrilling, which is quite sweet.
0: Yeah, it gets less sweet. Louis asks Mark to describe his ideal woman and Mark goes into great detail on the physique that he likes, which includes the phrase, a muscular chest with a breast is very appealing.
1: Just one breast. It's not fuzzy.
0: One strong uni boob.
1: My favourite thing about the thing with <laughs>
0: i know what you're gonna say this is cruel this is cruel
1: and again it it kind of makes it seem like he's not a real person (laughs) we've lost it we're gone at the end of the interview with mark mark's still mic'd up and fully in shot and just blows his nose For literally one minute, like 60 full seconds of him just blowing his nose.
0: It's so cruel that they include this, but absolutely hilarious. Because Louis out of shot. Louis has (laughs) gone. And then he's just stood there and just (sighs) got.
1: While looking directly at the camera, I didn't think you could keep your eyes open while you blew
0: your nose. Oh, Mark.
1: So that was Mark. And then... (laughs) then louis starts speaking to a guy who keeps getting distracted because he's got an earpiece in we find out this man is called neil and he's speaking to a competitor who's taking part in the bodybuilding competition in his earpiece it turns out that she's called maria and she's his wife and they've been married for a year and a month and they met at an arnold schwarzenegger fitness convention
0: Neil is a very average looking middle-aged man. And Maria has, as he describes it, the biggest legs in bodybuilding. And Louis says, well, I think that's too much. Don't mean to offend you. And then he says, well, that's my wife. (laughs) this whole scene has a very chaotic energy but one of my favorite bits is louis is asking why he's using a headset and neil is constantly asking maria has she been weighed yet but he's trying to talk to louis about this and he says it's two things first she's thirsty but then he gets distracted by her talking to him and we never find out what the second point is
1: but why does he need to use a headset because she's thirsty
0: i have no idea he never got to finish the sentence
1: Louis does manage to ask Neil, you're a big fan of female bodybuilders and you're married to one. Are you in heaven? And Neil replies, I've been in heaven for a year and one month.
0: That's what newlyweds are meant to say, aren't they?
1: Yeah, that's quite nice. He didn't like her before they got married, but now he's in heaven.
0: Through Neil we get access into the function room where all the bodybuilders are and then we meet Maria and she's surrounded by a number of other platinum-haired bronzed bodybuilders. She's from Argentina and then they have this slightly awkward exchange.
1: We'll just say this now because it comes up later but when you're not watching it it's not as obvious. Maria possibly because she uses steroids which obviously isn't openly talked about has like a very strong jawline which like a few of the women do but she seems to look quite masculine and I think That's why it's so awkward, because I think Louis is quite surprised by this or like thrown off by it.
0: And I think he's a little bit perplexed by their relationship. This is the first time we've seen Muscle, Lady and Fan close up. Charles is different because Charles was in this kind of position of power as some sort of fundraiser slash activist.
1: And even though Charles is different, you can kind of see the same thing with Neil, where he's looking at her in this very odd way, probably in a way that i don't know isn't that healthy to look at your spouse if you've been married for a year i don't know if you should still be putting them on that much of a pedestal
0: yeah he's constantly pulling her hair back as well and stuff to kind of make sure it's not on her kind of a weird vibe but luckily we get to see a bit more of that weird vibe because we head up to their hotel room but as we are leaving through the hotel lobby it's worth saying that you can see mark briefly standing around in the background with his camera
1: he's finished blowing his nose now so they get to the hotel room and settle down for a chat Louis asks Maria how people react to her and she goes for the positive and she says people send me things they send me flowers people send me flowers from the UK and Louis says oh what about in the supermarket and she says oh people call me sir and Louis says well that must hurt how does it make you feel and she says it does make her feel hurt but she just has to ignore it
0: Neil pipes in at this point and kind of doesn't really offer anything except saying it's deep seated rooted behaviour
1: Louis suggests maybe part of it is that mainstream society just doesn't really like muscly women maria says well no actually i think that lots of men do like muscly women she says she thinks it's 95 out of 100 who are attracted to muscular women but they just won't admit it or they don't feel like they can admit it
0: i think clearly she is overestimating the appeal to men but i understand why she has to do that
1: just to reiterate, I know we said she has the biggest legs in bodybuilding, but she is very, very muscly, like extremely muscly. So it's not just the same as a woman that's toned from going to the gym.
0: Then Neil turns the question on Louis and says, what do you think so far? What's been your kind of takeaway? And Louis says he's impressed by the dedication of these people to get their body in this shape. But he raises the S word again, steroids, even though it didn't go well with Guy. He wants to talk about steroids again. And Maria laughs.
2: Why not? <laughs> because it's nothing
1: bad for you. Really? You make it mad if you have use with it. Yeah. You know, it's like a alcohol. If you take a little sip of something, it's good. Which again, she's kind of implicating herself by saying that.
0: Yeah. And then even Neil says steroids are kind of old school. People don't use it anymore. The price of it has gone way down because of that. Again, Neil, how do you know about the price of steroids? But from what we've read earlier, that's not really true. The demand for steroids still is out there.
1: There's no sort of confrontation or anything about it. They are still pals and they go to the convention centre, which is now filling up. Louis goes backstage and he's going to meet the organiser, Jan Tana. She is a woman and a brand. She has big hair, a white power suit, a southern accent.
0: She's like prototype Hillary Clinton.
1: Definitely. Because Jan's there, she can take Louis into a dressing room. She kind of does a once over first and then brings him in. And the women there are all getting pumped up for the show. Some of them are genuinely pumping up their muscles. Most of them are in bikinis they're all very bronze like we said some of them are getting oiled up
0: there's a few men dotted around who are clearly the husbands and partners so all the women say hello to louis and he's introduced as being from the bbc and then there is this awkward silence and you can just see people working out and maria is there and she's silently doing push-ups you see how intense this hobby really is
1: that's it it's not a beauty pageant or something like that because i think because it's women you know and they're tanning and stuff which men tan as well but you think oh. It's this sort of girly thing that they're doing, but it's not. They're focused. They're athletes. So yeah, there's a very like tense atmosphere, and everyone seems to be quite worked up and quite nervous. Louis speaks to a few people in the dressing room. The first one is a lady called Sharon, who's literally being oiled up with vegetable oil because apparently that's what she prefers. She says, "Oh, I get addicted to having muscles and addicted to training." She
0: says it's difficult to accept yourself any other way.
1: Yeah. The next woman says she's been dieting for twenty weeks, so she's looking forward to being finished so that she can stop dieting when you're a bodybuilder you work up to a competition they're not always as jacked as they are for the competitions so you have to put your body through quite a lot and louis says all oh, right so you don't look like this all the time and this woman says no i try to stay feminine off season even though she wants to get all these muscles and have her body appear a certain way then she feels like she has to adhere to how society wants her to look the rest of the time and be feminine that must be quite a struggle
0: yeah definitely and i think the interesting question louis asks is if this competition wasn't a thing would you still want to look like this and she's like yeah of course this is how i like to look it's a real achievement for her and i suppose that is difficult to kind of balance those two things in your head probably
1: in a sort of similar vein louis then speaks to maria again and asks her why she got into bodybuilding and she said that she just always liked the way that muscles look on girls she knows it's not conventional but she thinks it's sexy and that's how she wants to look
0: so so it's time all the heavyweight women as the man behind the curtain says need to get backstage because they are about to go on for the big show the jan tanner there is a military kind of guard element on stage. All these military guys. And then Jan appears on stage. There's a judging panel. I've got the power is playing over the speaker systems. And then all the women kind of strut onto the stage. And then they all start doing these set poses that they have to do to kind of show off particular muscles. While this is happening, Louis is standing with Neil, who is clearly nervous for Maria. <laughs> Louis takes this time to sneakily whisper to Neil, it's not natural, is it? to look like that
1: neil says well you know maria doesn't want to be average she wants to be different and this is how she wants to look and louis this is the first time where he kind of broaches what i think is probably the elephant in the room at this point with neil and maria where he says do you see a certain masculinity in it and neil says oh yeah in some of them not in maria
0: i do find it interesting as well that louis puts this to neil and doesn't take this up with one of the bodybuilders
1: in some ways i feel like louis is more judgmental in this episode than he is in a lot of other episodes immediately as he leaves the stage he decides that muscle worship isn't for him that's it he's done he was gonna be a fan but not anymore he doesn't really explain why either he's just like "Yep, not for me but he goes back to the dressing room and maria's there getting tanned up again and he asks if he can help
0: but this is the kind of sad bit because he's asking if we're getting painted up because have you heard whether you're going to be into the final round? Obviously, there must have been a heat and then you go into the final. And she has not made the final. Marie didn't make the final. And Neil is very perplexed and sad by this. He doesn't know what she could have done. And apparently she's had this routine that she's planned that she doesn't even get to perform. So they're going to go take some photos outside the exhibition centre. But that's just for them. And it's really sad. I feel really sad for her because she's clearly put so much into this.
1: It's a shame because they are trying to put a brave face on it but you can tell that they're really disappointed so they go off to take their pictures and louis is going to head off too but he wants to go and say bye to charles at his activist stall first And again, little judgmental Louis comes out here where he says, I was backstage and there were women with deep voices and stubble. And Charles is immediately like, oh, yeah, well, that takes away from it. It's because of the steroids. And Louis says, could bodybuilding on this level exist without steroids? Because it seems like the majority of people are on steroids in some way. Charles says, no, the idea of that angers him. He can show examples of women who increase muscle mass without drugs. Louis says he finds the way that these women look quite shocking and Charles says oh well that just leaves more women for me
0: ever the activist
1: that being said though Louis does say then that seeing these women was one of the most amazing things he's seen in his life and obviously we know that he's seen a lot of amazing things in his life so
0: but this is also a man who was very excited by a call center once
1: (laughs) that's number like three on the list and the bodybuilders are above that and then the new york tour bus louis is sort of getting ready to wrap things up now but he's gonna go back and see guy at gold's gym again Louis says to Guy that the thing that struck him was that there was so much effort put in for the bodybuilding shows, the competitions, then there was very little reward, like you don't seem to get anything. And Guy says, oh yeah, that's definitely true. He thinks it's harder for women to be bodybuilders. The way that he puts it is that he thinks that they cross a boundary. And it's this thing that we were talking about before where you're sort of towing the line between masculine and feminine. And on one hand, you're expected to be masculine enough But then you're still expected to be feminine. And where's the line on that? And there's a lot of judgment either way.
0: And then Louis asks about Guy himself. When does he feel the best about being a bodybuilder? And he says, looking in the mirror and seeing what you've accomplished. And then Louis kind of raises the question, what about 20, 30 years down the line? What will you think? And Guy says, hindsight really is twenty I'm going to show this video to my grandchildren when I'm older and say, this is what your grandpa did.
1: He says, they'll think I was kind of famous. And like you said, Guy seems to be one of these rare people who actually just says like whatever comes into his head. And maybe there's something in the honesty of this, but you want people to think you're kind of famous and that's the only motivation behind doing this. It's quite a strange thing to say.
0: And then we come back to the health question. And again, Guy sets out this weird logic. And he says, if it happened, I'd accept the consequences because I've lived a great life. But I know for a fact it's not going to happen, as in the consequences of steroid use.
1: But he's thought about it but it's not going to happen. But he is thinking about it. And that's quite a sort of unsettling ending. And I would like to know what happened.
0: (laughs) Well, Guy. So, Guy Grundy... Is still around, still going, and he is now a actor, a director, a script writer, as well as being a former bodybuilder. Interestingly, I found an Ask Me Anything that he did on Reddit where members of the public can submit questions and he will answer them. John Coffee 23 says, Thoughts on the current state of pro-bodybuilding? So this is 2014. Specifically, the huge mass monsters and the amount of drugs these guys are taking. Guy Grundy replies, The guys are huge, but we're having a lot of deaths. And he refers to a guy called NASA recently and another pro just died. The sport rewards the freaks these days and you only get freaky by taking a lot of drugs. I think the sport is hurting itself. When your legends die before they are 45, it's very sad and something is clearly wrong. The judges are to blame. So clearly something switched in Guy's head
1: as we've talked about a few times it's customary, you have to end a weird weekend on a funny, joyous moment to take away from the horrors that you've seen. So we go back to Louis and Tatiana's first meeting when she's in the sparkly jumpsuit and they're on a mat on the floor and they're arm wrestling. So they'd arm wrestled before. That was all done for the camera. Unless it was out of time, but anyway. And also you can see that there's someone else filming on a camcorder so that's been filmed for charles's personal collection as well presumably
0: that's in charles's music video somewhere
1: basically obviously tatiana's beating louis at this arm wrestle and then louis fakies her and pretends that he's giving up so she relents and then he beats her
0: but she laughs she clearly finds this very funny
1: dirty moves from louis there
0: So, Alex, the question is, is this good Louis or bad Louis?
1: I think this is good Louis. I think we're back to form with the Weird Weekends format where he is trying things. And I think he also talks enough about the important issues as well, like about the steroids. I feel like when we talked about the wrestling episode, we were a little bit frustrated that he didn't talk about that more or he didn't force it more. So I think that this one, he's obviously pushed that more. But yeah, I do feel like it's not aged amazingly well it's mostly about the women and it's very much about how they're fetishized and it's very much men always looking at women without the women really getting to talk that much there's a lot of that with charles and louis just like looking at women although it's one of the episodes that includes a lot of women which is quite rare for weird weekends the women didn't really get that much of a voice what do you think
0: i agree i think this is good louis the concept is really clear And even though he switches halfway through and he goes from trying to be a professional bodybuilder to being just a fan of professional bodybuilding women, that switch is good because it lets him go down this really interesting alley.
1: Well done, Louie. Good job.
0: Well done. And if you would like to get your own Jantana (laughs) airspray, the code is all the way through. There is no code. We have no sponsorship deal with Jantana. We should jan call me there is no better way to advertise a tan than on a podcast a purely audio medium thanks
1: for listening follow us on twitter and instagram at all through pod if you want next time we'll be looking for love in thailand well we won't be but you know what we mean angels on your bodies